Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Rugby Tonight podcast. I'm Hugo Monnier and joining me today is Ben Kay. How you doing? I'm good, Oaks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. We're approaching the final weekend of the regular Premiership season. The past weekend delivered in terms of excitement and surprises. Right, let's crack on with some rugby news. And the first thing that caught our eye this week, Hugo, Dean Richards being uh, having his uh, Newcastle contract extended. No surprises from Newcastle that he wanted to keep him, but I'm sure he wouldn't have been short of offers. So uh, cracking for, for the Falcons that he's put pen to paper. Yeah, why do you reckon it's taken him so long? Because with one round to go, do you reckon he looked at other offers? Do you think now they've secured that playoff spot that that really cemented his his future? You don't know all the stuff that goes on of behind course. the scenes. So he might have been waiting for assurances yep. from Seymour Cundy, the owner, yep. or you know, vice versa. We just don't know what's yep. going on, you know. And and um, but I I think it's I think it's great because I'm loving the fact that there's a northern side or a couple of northern sides doing so well at the moment. Sale have had their moments this year as well. Um, we need to grow the game in, in, in that part of the country. Yep. Um, the Falcons have had a few couple of sellouts this year. They've, yep. they've been to um, St. James's Park and got 30,000 there. And they are playing a fantastic brand of rugby. And, and the big thing why I'm happy he's re-signed is I love the way that you've been coached, well, he had him as your director of rugby. I <laughs> yeah, said coach by coached. him. But he's got a remarkable ability because you speak to him. He doesn't, you know, he's not he's not one of these guys that, that revolutionises yep. um, what the club's doing. But he's just got this sort of following, hasn't he? People want to follow him and, and, and he seems to have that golden touch. Absolutely. I think his biggest strength, well, two of his biggest strengths is one is his recruitment. I think whatever meeting he turns up at, you kind of think, dealing with Dean Richards and of course he can sell you the dream and, and it's not a, it's not an empty dream not empty promises because Newcastle have shown the season that they deliver but for me his other's biggest strength is the fact that he knows his weaknesses yeah. and he said it before the game there are other guys in his coaching staff like Dave Warder who just get the game a bit better than he does you know they're a bit more in touch so he doesn't want to be one of these guys that's massively hands-on when there's other guys that are out there who can upskill the players and put together a game plan that will suit the team and style that the team want to play in. So um, he's taken a step back. He overlooks everything. He's got the right players in. I mean, the fact that someone like Maxime Mermoz has barely featured in mm. their team, 
And that is not just the signings that they've brought in, but the likes of Hammersley. Rob Vickers, unfortunately, is retiring this year. They've created their own stars. Callum Green, I know you're a big fan of his. So they've been able to do that. I can name a load more other guys. Gary Graham. Yeah. Honestly, in December, I was there thinking... Who is this guy that's been picked in the England squad? The um, last few yeah. weeks. Wow, what a player he is. And I think that's one of the strengths of Dean, isn't it? That no matter what your reputation is, if there's a young kid coming through, and he certainly did that at Leicester when I was there, if there's a young kid coming through and they're playing better than an international star, that bloke will start yeah. until the star starts playing better than the guy who yeah. he's picked ahead. So uh, he is one of the best development coach, well, development directors of rugby. <laughs> I keep saying coaches, he's not a coach. Director of rugby. And it, uh, and potentially one reason why uh, our own Austin Healy has mentioned that perhaps he should be considered as a future uh or have a future in that England role. What do you think? I think Austin's right. I think he's right. Dean was quite quick to rubbish what Austin was saying. And for me, I thought he was protesting a bit too hard. So (laughs) I'm sure there's a burning ambition. Hey, if an England job comes calling, you're not going to say no to it. And for me, Dean is, he's an icon of our sport. Everything that he's achieved as a player now as a coach, and he's had a sabbatical and he served his time away and he's come back and he's proved his worth once again. So, and, and he said in his interview before the game on Friday night, he is old school. And that's the part of him which I really like. Yeah. You know, rugby's roots and values, he, you know, he holds close to his heart. And I absolutely love that. So, And perhaps in some environments, that's what's missing. I'm not, yeah. not necessarily saying the England environment, but we said he's not, he doesn't revolutionise things or try to redesign the wheel like some directors of rugby do. And perhaps that's where his major strength is. You know, the fact that he can get these improvements just yeah. by tweaking the odd thing and, and choosing the right people. It's like Clive Woodward yeah. chose the right coaches, didn't he? And, and uh, I, I, what would be interesting, though, is if Eddie Jones, because Eddie Jones has signed that contract extension himself to bed the new coach in and have two years. <laughs> I can't imagine those two in a room together <laughs> going, yes, we should do that together. Yes, we shall. Do you imagine? <laughs> two I mean, big personalities. Two big personalities indeed. But yeah, I mean, he's certainly on the right course for whatever comes next and it wouldn't be past him to, to be England coach as well. But in, in other news also, unfortunately, we're talking about Dean Richards extending his contract in his career. One absolute legend of the game, one of the best Red Roses, in fact, one of the best rugby players that England ever produced, Daniel Waterman. She's called time on her international career. Incredible. 82 caps, 15-year career, 47 tries, just phenomenal. And if you're There's not, some worldies in there as well, aren't there? Try against Wales at yeah. Twickenham last year. I mean, she'll go, she's gone on about that. And fair play to her for, I've never scored a try quite like it. She'll be on rugby tonight, later on tonight. So look forward to having a chat with her. I'm going to carry on playing for Wasps, um, but yeah, I feel my time is now. Um, I've had an amazing time um, over the last 15 years, and to, to finish my career um, when I'm playing some good rugby and on my own terms um, is something that I'm really, I'm really proud of. Harder decision, but I'm proud of it. And some other news, uh, World Series Rugby kicks off in Australia later this week uh, and there's a series of rule changes that's been announced. So shall we, shall we go through <laughs> each one? 
yeah, individually. I actually really like this, and it is a positive. Certainly, is a positive step, and it's in in a bid to provide more entertaining games. The following changes have been announced. Um, scrums will be given a max of one minute to be completed from the time the mark is made by the referee. All right. The next one is power tries will be awarded for moves that begin inside the team's own twenty-two mark, uh, and I think they'll get extra points. For if you start within your own 22. And the goalposts flash up he different colours. He's got off. a power try. <laughs> it's quite American, isn't it? Um, it's a bit dodgeball. <laughs> it is a little <laughs> bit dodgeball. On. Carry on. We've got more. We've got more. Um, I think that's it, is isn't it? Not? it? I think that's it. Oh, so no, uh, there's one last one. Um, a 12-man bench with rolling subs. Yeah. That's... So these are... Whenever any laws come in, and more serious laws that sort of world rugby might have trialed and, and everything else. There's always the problem of will will that create other problems? It's a great idea, yeah. you know, in principle, but will it? And you know that 12 man bench with rolling subs. So we're talking about making more entertaining, fast flowing games, but surely that makes it better defences if you've got less fatigue on the pitch. You might get more, you know. Again, another byproduct. You may get more injuries. It's a, it's a little bit like the collisions in the NFL yeah. are higher than they are in rugby because you don't have that fatigue of running around. Suddenly, you can change basically your whole team. Are we going to get any space? And is it just going to become a collision orientated game? Yeah, I like the fact that they're thinking about the game. Um, you know, it's great that the Champions Cups in Bilbao, you know, moving to new territories, new ideas, new innovations to create a bigger fan base. As to whether it works, I'm not quite sure. Um, I reckon I'd have a crack. I've been retired three yeah. years. Good on you. If I was part of that special teams, I'd come on to try and catch restarts, a few box kicks, and I'd be off again. Excellent. With I mean, 12 really fresh defenders. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, that's exactly what we're talking about. Special teams at the minute. Um the scrums one's interesting because I actually think there's something in that that we want to reduce the amount of time yeah. around the scrum. And people have sort of muted stopping the clock until the ball comes out of the scrum. Um, the issue, again, is how do you how do you speed up? Once it, I get the whole sort of binding up process needs to speed up. Yeah. But does that not make it more dangerous if the, you've got to get it out within a minute and, oh, we've had a collapse, oh, we've already had one collapse, so now just get in as quickly as you can and collapse. Oh, I, I just it it seems like those one of those yes sensible ideas that like speed up scrums but if you put a minute clock on scrums I'm not sure how that works yeah I kind of I, I completely agree with you we I should think. probably have read more about it before we started yeah. talking <laughs> do you get a free kick if you don't get it completed I, I'd like to think so but you're absolutely right I mean the scrum's so technical so many moving parts and if you're under a time pressure to get the ball in and out and your technique just wavers just for a split second or one person within that scrum's not doing their job because they're more concerned about the ball coming out than technically actually providing the right angles or uh, weights to the front row, second row, whatever it might be, then you might see injuries there. I, I desperately hope that you don't. I like the initiative of them wanting a faster flowing yeah. game and especially scrums. I mean, the amount of games that we've commentated on, I'm just thinking, I remember doing the clash, just thinking, yeah. what is going on here? Reset after reset. But then I personally think if you get two or three reset scrums, it should just be a free kick to whoever seems to yeah. be. I mean, th th that's certainly one way. But I'm not going to poo-poo it right now. It'd be nice to see exactly how they get on. Excellent use of the word poo-poo. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever used that before. Certainly not on a podcast. Oh, but it's um, an exclusive. It's an exclusive. It's a your exclusive. There you are. Leave us a five star review. Well, see, of that. I, you know, would we like to see this in the wider game? I guess, as I said at the beginning, all the all rule law changes, sorry, are um, trialed somewhere. Yeah. So we've had, was it the um, Welsh? Premiership where they trialed eight point tries and, and things and, and some of them work and some of them don't and yep. the ones that work we tend to see in the wider game so maybe sort of some ad- adaptations of this we might see in the Aviva Premiership at, at some stage I'd quite uh, like well we won't see it in the Aviva Premiership because uh, it's not going to be the Aviva Premiership do you know like in the 2020 where you have to have X amount of uh, fielders within certain boundaries and then you have to have like a couple out on the touchline wouldn't it be great in the last 10 minutes you could play your power play which meant that you had you could nominate one person from the opposition team that had to go off the pitch. So it was like 15 against 14 for like five minutes, and you could pull that out. I mean, that's radical, but mind you, looking power at those... Play. You're just you're desperate to get this power play Yeah, I just play want in. to get a power play in. But, do you know, fair play to them. I like the thinking. Um, not sure on the execution. I the guess. thing is, we haven't had an exciting enough league as it is with the laws that we've had this year. So let's change everything. And try and make it more exciting. I, I don't know. I, I don't think anything radically needs to change, but I do agree, speeding up the they game. They should watch the Viva Premiership. You're absolutely right, Ben, because it's been an unbelievable season. You know, we've had quality teams fluff their lines. We've had brilliant teams um, keep their status within the top four. We're going into round 22, and there's still a lot for, for, of teams who've got a huge amount to play for. So, Ben... An incredible weekend of Aviva Premiership Rugby. It all started Friday night, Welford Road. I mean, you commentated on the match. Atmosphere looked incredible. It sounded amazing. I was sat at home watching the game. But what a performance from Newcastle. Their ability to come back at 15 minutes to go. First time Leicester have missed out since 2004. And the first time Newcastle won at Welford Road in 20 years. We've had the Dean Richards chat already. But (laughs) I... uh, Having sort of played underneath him, I knew what they needed to do. And what he would have been saying was, stay with Leicester, stay with Leicester, because all the pressure's on them. There's no pressure on us whatsoever. And if we get to 15 minutes towards the end and we're still in touch, we'll do this. And exactly that happened. Leicester played some good rugby. They looked comfortable for the first half, didn't they? They probably would have wanted to get some more tries. But when push came to shove and they got towards the end of the game, they panicked about throwing their lead away and they stopped playing. They stopped stopped trying things, trying to limit the number of mistakes they made. And we can't lose this mentality rather than going out to win it. And and it cost them. And yes, there was some controversy with the final decision and, and how it, not necessarily whether it was a try, but how the, the decision-making process went with the, with the referee and his yeah. TMO. Uh, but you can't fault Newcastle. And the attitude that that club has had all season, you know, it's it, it, it's a great, great story. And to go to Welford Road and win a place they haven't won for, uh, well, I think Dean Richards was playing last night, yeah. they won, uh, against uh, Gary Graham's dad. Uh, and so it's maybe maybe written in the stars for them. You're right. And just going back to that point of pressure, I think it was the 78th minute and um, Sacchino kicked to the corner and the cameras went up to the Newcastle coaching box. You've got yeah. John Wells, Dean Richards, Dave Warder, and they're just wetting themselves, yeah. laughing, because they know, hey, if we score, then it's great. But if we don't, then 
It's been a great season yeah. and we've still got another chance next week. They were so happy with whatever was going to be. And that kind of something which you probably wouldn't ever align with, Dean, is being quite relaxed. But he seems so relaxed and so chilled out. And, you know, talk about team spirit. Well, in the last two weeks, they've scored 14 points when the clock's gone red. Rob Vickers the week before against Sale Sharks and they were down by yeah. four tries, I think, very early on, came back and same again at, at Welford Road when it really mattered. So they do have this belief and it's funny that they've probably not done it for long enough in terms of a style of play, but the last couple of weeks, if it had been Exeter, it would go typical exactly. Exeter. Typical How many Exeter. phases did they go through with the, the, even with the cl clock red? And they just didn't panic. They didn't. They kept recycling the ball. As you said, wet ball, um, very greasy, big shots coming in at them. And uh, and they deserve their place in the top four. And it's, you know, obviously it's tough for an ex-Leicester man. And, and yep. um, But it's good to get some new teams in the premiership, if, uh, into the playoffs, because, uh, you know, it proves that, that you can do it. And also, without getting political, it's nice to have a team that hasn't broken the bank to get there as well. Yeah, no, absolutely right. But one of the standout players, not one of, the standout yeah. player for both sides, Gonover. I mean, the first try, <laughs> I've watched it quite a few times. And the first try made me laugh so much because he's got the ball at the base of the ruck and he, and he points, points to the fly off. It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to pass this. And everyone looks just as he threw an outrageous dummy past down Cole, who got left hung out to dry a little, little bit. A little bit. I mean, should've he, he should have made the tackle. But yeah. um, you know, I spoke to Dean after the game and he said we were attacking Leicester in that area. They'd probably seen Northampton have success the weeks before. Actually, there's been a few times Leicester have been broken in around the breakdown. And Dan Cole, you know, can be susceptible there. And, and, and they picked on him and Gonover's could go with the best feet. And if you've got a guy whose job it is to be scrummaging all game and, and getting tired scrummaging, yep. you have to look after those guys. And Leicester didn't do it. So yeah, an incredible mismatch. Both tries were, were superb. Um and then flipping to Sunday, where well, Wasps, they've also sealed their playoff spots with a... It was a tense win, but they look fairly comfortable. 36-29. Um, off the back of what had been a slightly difficult week, I, I, I guess, for some of the players, you know, lots of talk about players' unrest and players potentially leaving. Dayong's interview with Sara before the game was very good. He yeah. didn't really know how to deal with it. But regardless of all of that unrest, it certainly didn't manifest itself on the pitch. The players were brilliant. Really, LaRue... I heard the other day, 21 assists this season. Yeah. 21 assists, let alone the ones that he's actually gone and scored. He's just been well, it's, incredible. It's having that playmaker. So we're all talking about the second playmaker and we know he can step in there, but it's also having that playmaker in that wide channel because if you... if you've got someone with the passing ability of Danny Cipriani who can throw those long balls. Yeah. The guy who's catching them is going to be under immense pressure to make a decision and execute his yeah. skill, whether that's go himself or, or throw, you know, use quick hands or whatever. And having that ability is often what creates the try. You know, you, you almost, if the ball's in the air that long, the defenders think I've got, to, I can get him man and ball yeah. and he's able to get it through his hands quickly enough that you take that defender out. So I think he's been absolutely superb. Talking of Danny Cipriani, He's had a good season. He has had an unbelievable season. Best 10 in the Premiership. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. What should he do next? <sighs> because... It's tough, isn't it? I mean, Eddie Jones has said that he wouldn't have Danny Cipriani in the squad as a number two. But if he picked him to go to South Africa on form, he's England's number mm. one, knowing that Owen Farrell plays 12. 
And I'm not going to talk about Cipriani's personality. I know he's not everyone's favourite cup of tea, and that's fine. But as a player, and if we just talk about him and his playing ability, there's been no one better this season mm. at manipulating defences and creating some of the passes. His range of passing at the line is just superb. So is he in a position now where he harbours his England and World Cup hopes and finds a club in the Premiership, or should he just do what's best for him and the, head abroad? The issue with that, and I totally agree on all your points, but the logistics of it. So it's a nightmare situation because it, let's just say Eddie Jones really wants to pick Danny Cipriani. Yeah. He'll ring him up, he'll tell him that. But he's got to go to an English club. So he's Eddie's then got to have a commitment from Danny who doesn't look like he's sorted anything out yet, yeah. that you're going to an English club, otherwise I can't take you. They're taking Brad, well, you know, we're hearing rumours that they, they've they asked to take Brad Shields yep. because he's coming to yep. an English club, ironically, Wasps. But that then puts Danny's negotiations for, for his agents, yeah. it makes it a nightmare because yeah. if clubs know that he's staying because Eddie's said that he might be involved with England... Well, they've all done their they've all they've all done their recruitment or at least their planning, and suddenly you've got to find a guy who's going to be expensive. Let's let's not beat about the yeah. bush. You know, it's going to be tough, isn't it? There's one place that's been mentioned that is lacking a number ten, uh, but it's not English, and that's Ulster. Yep. Uh, big news today as to where they're, they're outgoing ten uh, twelve partnership are going. Yep. But does he go to Ulster? Would Danny Cipriani fit Ulster? I, I couldn't imagine Danny spending a year, two or three in, in Belfast. I just don't think he'd be happy enough off the mm. pitch. And that's no slight on Belfast. I just think he's a cosmopolitan guy that that wants to enjoy himself all the time. I'm not saying he can't enjoy himself in Belfast. I, I've heard reports that he could be off to Stade Francais. And they're really keen. Got a very good Titanic museum. <laughs> I'm not sure how much he's into his history, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, where do you I, think then? Where where would where would be a good fit? I spoke that needs to ten. I spoke to Sips a few months ago, and I said, "What you, what do you want to do?" And he said, "I just want to go to a place where I can just be happy and enjoy myself." Not had much chat from Eddie Jones, so I'm just going to do what's best for me. But what's best for what was best for Danny a few months ago? What's best for him now? I think slightly changed because mm. he is playing so so well. Where he, where could he go in the Premiership? Um, Worcester Warriors. Yeah, I think they're crying out for a world class ten. Him and Huha together would be phenomenal. Ben Teo at twelve. We know the star quality they've got in their back three. He would be class. Can they afford him though? That's the probably not. I mean, it's it's such a intricate jigsaw which everyone needs to consider, yeah. think about, and try and put together. I don't know what the outcome of it is. If he goes to Paris, I could most definitely see him in Paris. But it would be a shame. It would be a shame to lose one of England's brightest stars. Yeah. You know, but he'd also have to go to a place where he can be managed properly. I reckon the best place where he'd be managed would be Newcastle under Dean Richards. Dean Richards wouldn't allow him to perhaps get away with some of the things which mm. he's which he's done previously. He's playing at a team that want to play a fast tempo um, that really suits him. They've developed a culture good coaches up there with Dave Warder who's a former 10 um, who knows him very well actually from his WASP days so um, Newcastle would probably suit him in best of man management would it is it a place where he's looked at I, I haven't a clue but either way it's been quite a long yeah. saga I mean 
it was announced he was leaving quite a long time ago. Yeah. Will Wasp miss him? I mean, loads of supporters saying, we're going to miss him, we're going to miss him. Um, and I can completely understand why, but... I, mean, I mentioned this, actually, in a, in a newspaper column at the weekend for an option for maybe James Haskell, who hasn't found a club yet. But how about he goes to Japan for the season, which finishes in January, and then sort of hopes that someone is looking to play that injury joker and, and, and bring him back in. That would be a great option. If he was... if he was, it's, it's a big gamble. Yeah, it is. Because if there isn't that injury dispensation, then he's removed himself yeah. from the Premiership and that... And easier for someone like James Haskell because there's going to be more back rowers that are, that are out. Absolutely. It's fascinating. And uh, Sopo Wanga coming in, how much pressure is he under? Because if they don't click straight away, are people going to be saying, oh, why have we got rid of Danny Cipriani? Of course, but... I can't imagine how he wouldn't. So long as he doesn't come to the Premiership thinking he's playing Super Rugby, I think he'll be okay. It's a very different game. But talking about an all-black who's coming at the peak of his career, yeah. a lot of money, um, huge amount of responsibility, I'm sure he'll click and be all right. And we mentioned James Haskell quickly there. Um, he was... Uh, I loved his interview at the end of the game. So he, did, he wasn't holding back, was he? We didn't necessarily agree with the penalty that went against him for a high tackle or the fact that rugby is changing and becoming a bit soft. Yeah, his quote is, I don't know what's happened to rugby. It sounds like I'm fading out at the right time. It's become a bit of a pathetic sport at the minute. First, Firstly, did you think the penalty was a penalty? Uh... Probably, yes. But what... So, it's slightly high. It doesn't actually wrap around his neck, but it's over the top of the shoulder. So, a high tackle isn't the neck. It's above the, the, the shoulders, isn't it? Yeah. And it's what has been te deemed a seatbelt tackle, yeah. hasn't it? That wrap of the arm. Part of it, that is down to his positioning yeah. and the fact that he sort of gets spun. So, is there any danger in that tackle? No. Um, is the... Could he have done it differently? It's very difficult to say that, you know, in those specific circumstances, he hasn't done the safest thing available to him to yeah. make a tackle. So I think my biggest concern, and while we're talking about rule changes, my biggest concern about rugby's problems at the moment is there are too many instances where an accident that's no more reckless than rugby being a reckless game anyway could lose you the game. So if that was within kickable range and Wasps were uh, winning by a point and he'd done that right at the end of the game and lost the game because of that, that it would have been a travesty. Yeah. So I just wonder, do we, while we're talking about law changes, do we need some instances that are free kicks where you can kick to the corner and you can get the throw in, but you can't score three points from? Yeah, I think that's... Because uh, essentially we're looking at like an amber card. Yeah, well, sorry, not, well, sorry, not, sorry, not even card, card, an amber incident yeah. kind of thing. Well, uh, you know, if you go to cards as well, I think if some of those in between a yellow card and a red card, you know, I, I think, and again, you don't want to introduce stuff for the sake of introducing it, but I'd like games not to be changed on a on an accident, yeah. but still send a message out. And you could do that maybe by making an enforced substitution or a sin bin, but that guy's not allowed back on the pitch, but you can use one of your other players. Uh, uh, place reserves. Yeah, I, I I do agree with you on Haskell's comments. I thought it was irresponsible. I think the players need to understand the power 
that they have and the influence they have. Because he, he said it is on social media. I think Joe Marler said it's utterly ridiculous. Loads of comments. The game's soft. The game's soft. The game's soft. Where I kind of sit with it is that last week we spent the whole week talking about how brutal and physical the sport is off the back of Rob Horn yeah. having to retire. This week the game's soft, and I'm like, lads, which 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 way is it? Because one week it's brutal, and the fact is. The players just need to buy into what the law changes are. And until they do it, we will forever see penalties, yellow cards, red cards. And that wasn't necessarily uh, a high tackle that could have endangered someone or injured someone. But it's one of those where world rugby have just introduced it to call it a penalty, to educate the players, to basically tackle a little bit lower. Um, I agree with you, but that's why I'd like it not to be a penalty is a big thing. It it it, it is think, a big thing, but for him to come out and say, it, I just think it can't be brutal one week where players are looking for protection. Then we bring in laws to protect players, and the next week, the same law which is there to protect you that you then yeah. call the the game soft. It's funny because you look at rugby and its evolution. When we took out using your feet at the ruck, it's like the game's gone soft. Yeah, yeah, that's I, what I loved. I get that. When we took out the hit from the scrum. No one complained when we took out using your feet at, at the rock because no one enjoyed it. When we took out... Well, it's caused problems, actually. It has caused problems because yeah. it's it's allowed people to yes. lie over the ball and, but and we get safe, slower ball. But, but it's yeah, a safe no, ball that. because of it. And then with the scrums, when we took out the hit, not too many people complained. A few people went, rugby's losing its identity. But with this one... Because big lads want to just whack big lads. Yeah, but I, I don't think it... Not necessarily in this specific instance. Yes, no. But I, but I think one of the issues is... Actually, the the ball carrier's got a responsibility if we're going to make it safe not to dip into contact. So yeah. you you never quite know what height that tackle's going to be at. And, and yeah. just to say, we'll just go for the legs. That's not always... No. That you know, it's not always possible. You can't get into the position to go for the legs because someone is, you know, if someone goes low enough, they can just easily bounce you off and things. So I sort of, that, I I agree. He needed to be. We needed to send out a mes- message, and he needed to be punished. But I don't want the these to be those game-changing situations when actually, if that had been a free kick and you were allowed to kick for the corner, he would have gone. Well, it's ridiculous, but he wouldn't have grumbled quite as much I don't think yeah I, I, I just kind of think um, we've got big lads massive forces on the pitch and if one of those big lads in, in this example it's Haskell if he gets that slightly wrong as he did against Jamie Roberts <laughs> do yeah. you see what I mean yeah. we're, we're knocking people out cold or we're, we're injuring people I don't want rugby to be in a place whereby we're saying it's soft based on penalties like that until something really bad happens mm. and then the players are like yeah I get it now why, why should we wait until someone gets knocked out again or or even worse for players to get it? Just buy into it. We, we, I spoke to Wayne Barnes about it a couple of weeks ago and I just think, regardless of whether you like it or not, it's the law. Mm. And the law's not going to change. So until you buy into it, you'll still, still keep getting penalised for these kind of situations. And for Haskell to then say it's soft, I just think... You've got amateur guys who are going out on a Sunday getting penalised for similar situations who are then saying to referees, that's soft. I just think it sends out the wrong message. But let's just finish on a positive about James Haskell. Yeah. What, what a star he has been for Wasps. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's been there through their glory years, through their barren years as yeah. well. Um, and, 
yeah, it's fantastic to see the reception he got. Yeah, it was amazing. And let's face it, it was also one of the poster boys as to that led the charge of them going up to Coventry. You know, the backing of him and the likes of Launchbury and Di Young, you know, he really managed to help get the supporters and the players on board. He's been an incredible servant, one of the big personalities in rugby, and we forever lament the fact there's not enough of them. Well, he's certainly not one of those shrinking violets. An incredible career, still not found a club yet. I hope he does manage to stay in the Premiership because he is a top quality player on his day. OK, well, we enter the final round of fixtures uh, this weekend on BT Sport. We've got two live games here. We've got Newcastle against Wasps on BT Sport at 3.15. At the same time on BT Sport 3, we've got Sale against Leicester. A week ago, and I'm not trying to undersell these games now, <laughs> but we know the top four. Yeah. But momentum's so key going into the semi-finals. So although Newcastle was uh, secure of their positions, how key is it for Newcastle to keep this momentum going? I Yeah, I agree with you, actually. I, I, I think there needs to be... They almost need to send a sign out to everyone, themselves, the other teams, that qualifying for the top four isn't enough. Yeah. Because that's the danger, isn't it? You know... Quite rightly so. There was a brilliant um, uh, social media post from uh, from the Falcons account saying that their man of the match was the guy <laughs> in the Leicester off licence who served them all the beer <laughs> and Dean drinking beer on it in his post match interview. Great, yeah. But you've got to then go and back that up because yeah. otherwise it looks like you were celebrating. Just that's enough. Us yeah. getting in there. Um, it. <sighs> Do they need to win? No. No. Don't need to win. They just need to put a performance that we come away saying, actually, had things gone right for them, they, they could have won that game easily. Yeah. Um, Who in Newcastle better suited yeah, to play in the semis? Because as it stands, they're third. They're going to Sandy Park. No, no, sorry. They're going to Saracens. They're going to Allianz because yeah. Saracens will play Wasps. Do you think they'll be chuffed to have... I mean, no one's chuffed to go to Sandy Park. It's a tough place to go and play. But is their game style, their players, are they better suited against... I, I th My worry would be, that, probably if they're playing either team, but my worry about Sandy Park is that what happens to them, what happened to them in the European Challenge semi-final against Gloucester where they lost the collisions yeah. and couldn't cope, happens to them again down there. Yeah. Uh, they'd almost... They're almost meeting a similar style of play to them, but a team that consistently would believe that they could outplay Newcastle and yep. uh, just by going through the basics and, and things. Um, funnily enough, again, who do you think Wasps would prefer to play? I think Wasps would prefer to play Exeter. Yeah, I do. I think it's a looser game. I think it's a more open game. Yeah, It suits them. It's funny because we're saying that Exeter quite similar to Newcastle but in some regards they're really similar to Wasps they don't Wasps don't go through as many phases they're cutting teams off first, second and third but in terms of using the full width of the pitch that's what Exeter do they really stretch you and those one-on-one -on -one star backs that both teams possess really thrive and operate really well um, I think Wasps would be happy going to not happy I think they'll they'll be more pleased by going to Sandy Park than going to the Alliance where Saracens have not conceded a single try in the last three rounds in the second half, defending yeah. unbelievably well would suffocate them. Um, they wouldn't. They won't have the front football that they had against Northampton. You wouldn't expect. So, 
as it stands, I reckon Newcastle probably licking their lips and backing themselves to go anywhere right now. So that's, that's interesting, isn't it? So if you're die young, lads go out and play, but <laughs> I'd probably prefer to play uh, Exeter. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, those three points in the front of the sticks. Do you want to just keep yeah. to the corner and just maybe throw a notch straight? Wadey's Wadey's free on the line. Suddenly turns right, steps off the pitch. <laughs> it's, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what what teams both. It is a clash of styles, isn't it? That that actually those Wasp might well they they're almost playing the wrong teams as it stands at the moment. Yeah, it, it certainly looks that way. Uh, I mean. I said in terms of the tables, not much is going to be affected, but in terms of the intrigue towards Newcastle against Wasp, for me, it's an exciting game. Yeah. I think Wasp need to improve their defence. Die Young, furious again. It's Honestly, he may as well have that message on dictaphone week after week. Really chuffed of our attack. Got to show the same with you as Asim in defence. Too soft. Yeah. New, uh, Northampton opened them up a team that playing for nothing and that they can often be a dangerous beast they've got to show the same enthusiasm intensity both sides of the ball otherwise they'll find themselves in the same situation prem final not being able to win it just because they only played one side one side of the ball um sale against leicester it's a massive game for sale they were very good down at sandy park i watched that game uh, on monday um created loads of opportunities at times the overplay um, as to, I think they've clearly got to be a, a lot, a lot more measured this weekend. But you know, Leicester losing their last two home games, they if they get a quick start, they could just plant the seeds of doubt into Leicester's minds. Oh, definitely. Um, and that's something that they may look to try and lean upon throughout the game. It's a it's a really tough week for Leicester. Yep. Because having dealt with that disappointment, first time that they haven't been in uh, the playoffs. How do you then motivate? And yes, you know, you're playing for your top six next year. You're playing to play in Europe. But still, it's a situation a lot of them haven't been in before. And with that disappointment of we've blown it, you know, we've, we've blown our opportunity, they then have a really tough game of a team that yep. are going to be bang up for this game. Yeah, of course. It should be an absolutely thrilling weekend of final weekend of the Premiership Rugby. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Next week on Rugby Tonight podcast, we'll be looking ahead to the European Champions Cup and European Challenge Cup finals in Bilbao. So make sure you subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 